Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Inside Carolina Post Game Podcast. I'm your host for this one, John Siegley. I'm joined, as always, by Dewey Burke. We are sponsored by Giant T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. You're a place to go for Carolina gear. The seasons are finally starting to change, especially if you're here in North Carolina. It's been a beautiful weekend. Giant T-Shirt has everything you're going to need for the upcoming spring. They have the accessories, the gear, the jerseys, anything that you could want when the season's getting a little bit warmer out there. If you need to head to the grill, do anything like that, Giant T-Shirt has you covered. Check them out. And always remember that Inside Carolina subscribers get 10% off of their Giant T-Shirt orders. We're having this one. Like you said right before we started that it's actually a happy post-game podcast because Carolina blew out Florida State. Final score was 94 to 74. Really could have been one of those games where, I mean, if the Heels wanted to win by 30, they really could have. A lot of the backups got a lot of playing time in the second half. We'll get to that later on. Let me start the podcast out with this. In your opinion, Dewey, why was UNC so successful today against what admittedly was a depleted Seminoles team? You know, that's a, that's a good question. Usually, uh, usually Tommy just throws it to me and says, give me your thoughts. And, and the, <laughs> the specific question, no, it's a good one. Um, you know, I thought we, we played with an identity in this game today. We, uh, we were also uh, better in transition than we've been in any game. We yeah. really pushed the pace. And so, yes, they were depleted. Yes, they had, uh, a lot of, of their top players out, but we also didn't play down to that or anything uh, of that nature. The, the pace that we played with was different than this looked like a coach Williams team. This looked like a team that I played on. Uh, the pace that we had was excellent and uh, scoring in transition just makes everything feel so much easier on the offensive end. We've gone through a lot of periods where we've really struggled to score. And we have these droughts where, especially if, if Mondo isn't having his way inside. And if we're missing shots, we can look stagnant offensively. And those, those periods are, are less when you get some easy bucks in transition. And we did that. Brady got out and ran. Leaky got out and ran. Caleb got out and ran. And so that was really encouraging for me to see. Uh, I would imagine there was some conversation about we have to get back to running. And you saw that today. And I thought more than anything, there was an identity in how we played today. That's a really good point right there. And I, I agree. I don't think I've seen UNC be as committed to the fast break previously, or if they have, it's not for ben, It's not been over the course of the entire game like they were today. One of the key things I thought to that was that RJ looked to be playing point guard a lot. And we've kind of seen a transition to that over the last, I'd say maybe game or two where it looks like now Hubert has said, RJ, you're going to be the point guard. You see Love kind of playing a little bit more off ball. How do you think that's been able to impact the Heels' success on, on offense and especially not being stagnant? 
like they have been at times this season? Yeah, look, I think Caleb's more turnover prone. So RJ is more reliable, even though he's not as explosive. And I think getting the ball to Caleb in space where he can catch and try to penetrate and he made plays doing that today, he still had four turnovers, but uh, not relying on him to handle the basketball and get us into our sets and call plays and be thinking about who hasn't had a touch recently so that everybody's getting, uh, you know, their chance to eat, as they say. Um, I think RJ is, is probably better equipped to do that. And then when it does go to Caleb, it, if it's on a broken play or shot clock winding down, what it's just, you know, you say, put your head down and go, he's still going to make mistakes. He, he makes some puzzling plays. We also made some great plays going to the rim. Uh, some nice dump, dump off passes, a couple of good looks for open threes and then shot the ball great as well. So yeah. Uh, he remains he remains hard to understand. I mean, he can be so, so gifted and look the way he looked today, 75% of this game, and then he does things 25% of the time this game that you scratch your head, and then he has other games where he's 75% the Caleb you don't want to see. So he remains a work in progress. He is still very young, um, and he sometimes plays like it. I think to me, it was nice seeing Caleb be a little bit more comfortable, I think, in the overall offense. And like you said, he shot really well, especially from three. I was looking up the stats here. I mean, six of eight from three. UNC didn't necessarily need those shots in this game, but they're going to at some point. What is going to be a crucial stretch entering the the NCAA tournament. Getting Caleb comfortable, I think, is really going to be key to the heels making that NCAA tournament and being as high a seed as they can. Yeah, look, and, and I think the more he's able to play like he played in this game, like he played the last couple of minutes against Clemson uh, and not how he played against Duke, which was an aberration. He had a bad game. I mean, it, I don't think the stage was too big for him or anything like that because he played great against Duke last year. He had a bad game. Yeah. And uh, he's still inconsistent as a young player. Uh, but you know, I, I think back to the preseason podcast we did, Tommy and I, and um, he asked me who's the most important player. And I say Caleb because he's the most explosive. He, when he's hot, is the best shooter um, or one of the best shooters. And we kind of go as he goes. I mean, look at, look at the season. When he's played well, we have won. And when he's not been great, we not only have not won, we've been blown out. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, I, you know, I thought everybody played well tonight and, and we played with that identity that we talked about. But when Caleb is good and he hits his first couple shots, he's a decidedly different guy. Mm-hmm. than if he starts out 0 for 4 with a couple of turnovers, he he needs to figure out how to get himself out of one of those funks and still contribute. And that will be a uh, a sign of growth when he does that. Yep. And then on the front court side, I mean, we saw again, the combination of Manic and Baycott is just really hitting their stride, and it could not come at a better time. I mean, Florida State, even though they were missing a lot of their, like we said at the beginning, their high um, offensive guys, they still have athleticism. They still have length. They are still Inside. a yeah. team yeah, that can get out there and lock guys down. But Brady and, and uh, Baycott, I mean, they rose to the challenge, and they were really mobile Talk to me about what did you see about their interplay between those two guys? Again, because 
basically every game from here on out is virtually a must win for the heels. If they're going to make the actual NCAA tournament, I think, and probably looking at the rankings, I mean, they need this to continue this partnership. Yeah, they do. And, and Brady, I know there was a lot of talk about Brady's exhausted. He's so tired. He's, he's going to burn out. He's 22. He's fine. (laughs) And he was very explosive in this game. Um, couple dunks including the miss uh really ran the floor like we talked about when our bigs run that's the key to the transition because uh you know the guards have the basketball and they're quicker and so they're going to get down the floor when the bigs run and they run past the opponent's bigs that's when we get easy baskets because even if the ball doesn't go to them running by them occupying eyes and defenders running to the rim it sets up openings around the perimeter of the ball can swing and get open shots. You saw RJ hit a couple open in transition and, and I'll just, I mean, they'll be burning my brain forever listening to coach Williams yell at our bigs to run, run to the rim, run to the rim, run to the rim. And, and Brady has really seemed to pick up on that of late. And, uh, and all it does is give us easy baskets, right? Which we need more of. Uh, the two of them were great. Mondo's a, just a monster. He's a force. I mean, he has developed into a consistent force. I know he's had little stretches where his touch hasn't been great and he's missed some bunnies that he, that he should normally make. And he had a bad Duke game. I get it. You know, but this guy is a walking double, double surefire first team all conference player. And if we had a little bit better record, probably would be more in the conversation for conference player of the year than he probably is. He's probably third or fourth on that list um but he's he's deserving of of some accolades the way he's played and the consistency that he's shown well and the rebounding i mean florida state it looked to me like they were really trying to limit unc's offensive rebounding in this game because they were constantly sending two of their bigger guys to the post to really contest rebounds and armando he was just up for it i mean he was contesting everything and even if he didn't get a, a, the actual rebound himself, he and Brady, I think, thought did a really good job of at least getting a hand on it, knocking it away where you saw UNC's guards and, and other players could come in and snatch that. That's right. And we've talked about it on this podcast before. The, the elite step you take uh, in, your, in your maturation as a rebounder, if you have the physical ability to do it and you have the motor to do it, is, is when you rebound outside your area. And, and you have this mentality that regardless of where the ball is, it's mine. That's mine. And, and he has that now. I and mean, he plays that way. And we've had, we've had not a lot. We've had some guys that uh, Sean, certainly Tyler was that way. Um, guys that, that you go to another level on the glass uh, when it's not just if the ball comes in my direction, I got a shot at it. It's no, it's mine. When it goes up, it's mine. And he has, he has had that light bulb go off. Right. And so you're looking at a guy that, you know, it's fun to say if, if Mondo has 20 and 20, you're like, yeah, yeah, that seems right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's go ahead and talk about the second half a little bit because Hubert was able to really get a lot of the young guys some play. I'm looking at the, finally the, the minutes uh, were updated here. Puff had 11, Styles had 16, and then Kerwin got 16 as well. You know, it looks like Coach Davis has really gone to a shortened rotation. It's later on in the season. I think that's expected. But getting guys, especially like Styles and Puff, these key min- uh, minutes against 
decent ACC opponents. I mean, Florida State, yeah, they've not had the best record. They've had a rough season. It's not – they're an ACC-level opponent. And so getting sure. these young guys this experience I think is crucial because there's going to be a time over these next course of games where they are going to need to step up. What did you see out of the young guys, if anything, that that kind of maybe would be a positive carrying forward for Heels fans to look out for? Yeah, I mean, when you when you watch Puff and and Styles especially, you feel like all they need is minutes. They just need minutes. Uh, you know, Styles is still really raw. Uh, he makes mistakes that freshmen make. He turned the ball over. He he took a couple bad shots, but then he catches a backdoor pass and and goes way above the rim. And you say, okay, I get it. I I see part of part of what the uh, the opportunity can be for a kid like him. So, you know, I think the, the, the part that fans perhaps struggle to understand uh, is there's a lot of this, this game and this system and playing at this level that's mental. And if your coach has not yet trusted you to know the sets, to know our principles defensively, uh, then he has a hard time putting you out there as athletic as you are. I don't know that to be the case. That's, I don't know anything. I'm not saying that's what it is. But it does take some freshmen a little bit longer for their brain to catch up with their physical ability. And until that point, if your coach can't trust you, I know it's easy to say on a message board, why isn't Styles playing? He's such an explosive athlete, and we lack athletes, and we are largely a below-the-rim team. I understand all those arguments. But – there, there is some reason why he wasn't playing much the first 15 or so games. And my guess is it just took him a little while mentally to catch up with the speed of the game and all the things that you're asked to do on the floor and probably more so on the defensive end, when you're in help, when you're in deny, when you help the helper, what happens when we double the post, how we communicate, how we guard the ball screens, all those things. If you struggle doing that in practice, your coach has a hard time putting you in the game. Yep. Even if you can catch the best alley-oop that there is, that's only worth two points. And if you give up a bunch on the other end, you're net negative. And that's the difference. And so I think he probably is starting to figure it out. He's probably starting to practice better. And, and then he's getting more minutes because of that. You know, Puff, it's been more about health. Yeah. Uh, and again, on Styles, I don't know anything. I don't know that he has struggled in practice. That's just my sense. That's just my my thought of being around enough freshmen, guys that were unbelievably athletic. And you say, why isn't this guy playing? Well, because he doesn't know how to play yet. Mm-hmm. And he's learning. And where is he learning? He's learning in practice. Uh, and so there's probably a little bit of that. Obviously, we've had Dawson is gone and, and, and we're going to be without a couple people for the rest of the way now. Um, but like I said at the top, you watch those two guys and, and you just say, man, I just want them to get more minutes. Yep. And they may have an, another opportunity coming up. I mean, we'll see. UNC plays uh, Pittsburgh. It's another home game in just a couple of days. You know, how do you think that the team is going to be mentally at this point? Because they've heard ever since that Duke game, which was just a terrible game all around, you know, the media, a lot of people were very down on them. Now they've responded. Key road win at Clemson took care of business, blew out Florida state at home. You have Pitt coming in to the Dean dome as well. Now, how do you think the team is mentally again, just going into this next pit game, how they're going to respond after today's performance. 
Oh, th- we have no idea. Let's be honest. <laughs> we have no idea, right? Because we had two terrible road games earlier in the year, Wake and Miami, and we really were were negative on the team. Uh, we were we were questioning their heart and how hard they played. Then they won four in a row, right? And then you have the Duke game. You feel like we're 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 peaking at the right time, and then they get blown out by Duke, right? And and we're never in it. Uh, so then you're frustrated again, and they're hearing it, they're reading it. Then they come back and, and have two good wins in the conference. And by the way, every win in the conference is a good win. I get it. Clemson's not good. I get it. Florida State is, is you know, sliding downward. Every win in the conference is a good win. They beat Pitt, it's a good win. And so the, you just want them to keep trending. You don't want to have a, have a lapse in, in effort or focus or concentration or a night where we shoot the ball really poorly. Um you got to keep trending because as you said earlier, that they, they got to win all or most of them to get in. So they need to, uh, Pitt's not good uh, in terms of within the conference. And so you need to take care of business, especially at home. Yep. All right, Dewey, any final parting thoughts here? I mean, again, it's always good to, to do these after a win. It's even better when it was a big win. So what else at this point, what's still on your mind about this game against the Seminoles? No, look, I thought all five starters were really good. Uh, Leaky was really good, uh, sharing the ball, a couple of nice finishes, uh, continues to stuff the stat sheet in, in a number of ways. Uh, love the way Brady's playing. I don't think he's tired. I think he has great energy. And even though he didn't shoot it well from the perimeter tonight, he, he scored around the rim. Uh, RJ was solid running the team. Love to see Caleb take a little bit better care of the basketball. And uh, hopefully Puffin and Styles continue to get minutes. All right. Good words to end on. We'll go ahead and wrap it there. Thanks again, Dewey. And remember, the Inside Carolina, the Inside Carolina podcast, we are sponsored by John T-Shirt and, and JohnT-Shirt.com. We'll be back after the game against Pitt. Um, hopefully, if not, then we'll talk with everyone again later on as soon as we can. Bye, y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.